There we go. Okay. All right. Welcome to Monday Madness here on the Culture Jack Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony. Thank you so much for taking the time, tuning in, checking out the Culture Jack Podcast. Today, we're going to be doing a little bit of freestyle simply because I got jammed up uh, the last couple of days. I have a couple of things we will be touching on in the news category. And then I think we will be diving into uh, collectible cards and comics. I talked about this a while back, but today I want to specifically help you or guide you in the right direction as far as what you should be looking at if you are considering the hobby or maybe you have some old comics or baseball cards or whatever laying around. So that is the show we will be diving into today so with that being said did you catch the friday show hosted by none other than dustin my my counterpart my my weekend warrior uh he had an excellent show uh that i felt uh actually his last couple episodes in in all of his episodes really but Last couple of episodes, uh, specifically diving into, um, you know, his last one was public domain. The previous one was uh, diving into um, like archiving information. But the public domain, his most previous, uh, was great. Uh, public domain, real quick, an interesting thing that you probably don't know is the 100th episode video that I released on Facebook, I had to search public domain audio logs. And if you watch the beginning of that video, that NASA launch sequence that you hear in the beginning where it's six, five, four, three, two, one launch, that is real NASA footage or audio um, from public domain. And I thought that was super cool that Dustin kind of dove into that in that episode uh, because we've used public domain um, footage and the video. Now the video was a purchased item from a different provider, but it's actually the actual footage from that launch. And then of course the NASA material and a lot of NASA material is in public domain. Now I'm not going to rehash the conversation he had at this point, but, check out the Friday show. Uh, he also had a lot of really good news that he covered and uh, much more. So again, Friday show last week after you listen to this episode, of course, jump back to jump forward and everything in between. Monday's here and so is the podcast. How in the heck was your weekend? As always, I'm going to tell you a little bit about mine before I dive into a little bit of news I have today. Uh, the weekend went really, really well. Uh, a couple of things that kind of brought me into the weekend. I did sell my little, uh, my van, and I'll talk about bartering and stuff in a different episode. I did a dickering slash bartering episode uh, several Monday madnesses ago. Um, but luckily, I did sell the the van I had, and I've got a couple of other vehicles I want to sell. I'm going to start consolidating, getting rid of shit, 
in in one perspective and we're going to talk about uh, uh me rekindling several hobbies in the other but there's specific reasons why in my approach now and uh, we'll get into that later another thing that we did this weekend me my wife and uh so, you know my kids to some degree is uh, we reupholstered some uh, seats for the dining room. You would be surprised. Okay, so if you have kids, um, your your dining room tables, unless they're like flat wood, mine were cushioned wood, they take a freaking beating. Man. The, the seams were cracking and there was some goofy stainage. Anyways, if you take a little bit of time, in, in which we did, we my wife ordered some fabric, we spent the better part of the afternoon uh, removing the old fabric, replacing it, and time well spent. I will say that. It's amazing what you can do if you plan it appropriately and then put the work in, and that was what the overall results kind of gave us. Uh, everything looks good. It looks as good, in my opinion, as new, and uh, yeah, I know that's super interesting to most of you, but I thought I um, outside of that, what else did we get? We uh, caught up on episode seven of Wanda Vision. What an incredible show! I good grief. Um, you know, Dustin and I—it's it, it, actually uh, super cool because Dustin's doing the uh, the weekend kind of update on Wanda Vision, and then for the last couple of weeks, we've talked. Uh, Dustin and I about the episode and it's just it, it's so cool on how they're doing it, with the exception the only caveat the only thing that bothers the hell out of me is the shortness of the episodes and of course we're running we're running into the home stretch folks so hopefully they pull it together and give us some hour-long episodes these last two at least and then uh, we'll see kind of what's to come obviously there's some big stuff happening and I'm not going to dive too much into it. Uh, that's another episode Dustin did on the weekend there with Wanda vision and uh, make sure and check that out. That came out, I believe what Saturday morning, which was the OTE 003 Wanda vision episode seven. Um, Dustin highlights uh, his perspectives and uh, events that happened in that episode. Highly enjoyable show. Talking about shows, though, uh, I may have mentioned this in the last one. Uh, Your Honor with Brian Cranston available. It's on Hulu, but I think it's through Showtime. What an incredible show. If you wanted an adult, like a adult drama, uh, Brian Cranston reprises his, his acting as, as he did, in my opinion, in uh, Breaking Bad. And he's also directing, producing the show. A very compelling story that's being told. High drama, thriller. Just It's just amazing. I also believe it was nominated for several awards. Rightfully so. Check it out. I Again, I think it's on Showtime. Um, I think that's it for shows. Wrapping up my weekend here, I'm doing the podcast. Uh, Sunday... I my desk is a mess. It's filled full of baseball cards. Maybe I'll post a picture of this on our Facebook page. I've been trying like hell to clean up my baseball card collection, which prompted me to want to discuss uh, collecting again, as I've done in the past. Not specific necessarily to what I'm doing, 
but a way for me to kind of share what not to do and what to look for if you're serious about wanting to get into either baseball cards or any cards for that, collectible cards for that, or comic books, or or really anything in that world, because there's some things that I wish uh, had been instilled into me as a child, as a teenager, as a young adult, and, and, and now as a uh, older adult. Um, that would have helped me collect, and that's going to be a little bit further down the road here in this episode, but I, I do want to talk about it because I think it'll help you possibly understand it uh, unless you have either the wisdom or some friends that are highly into it and they're not screwing around because I wish I would have known a lot of this stuff sooner. In fact, I got some good advice from my grandfather. Hopefully I'll remember because I'll give it to you a little bit later because he also is a avid collector of coins, currency, um, cards, not so much comics as far as I know. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll dive into that. But first, let's talk about a little bit of news. Let me, let me I'm pulling up my phone here, trying to find it. Uh, Dustin touched on the new John Constantine is getting a show. Looks like HBO is pushing it. Now, there was rumors earlier in 2020 where possibly Keanu Reeves was going to reprise the role or come in as a secondary role or something. I haven't seen anything on that at this point, but John Constantine reprising the role uh, for HBO Max. If the show is done well, I think that they're going to get onto something there. The story of uh, fighting the supernatural and the two worlds mixing, it's a good story to tell. It's a solid story. I believe people will enjoy in HBO. I can't say this enough. And I know I've mentioned it because, uh, and I'll continue to mention it because the hype solely around Disney is, and and don't get me wrong. Disney's doing an incredible job with Marvel and the Star Wars MCU and all, all of that stuff. But HBO has been around a long time. These guys know what they're doing as far as TV shows go. So I do have faith in them. So, Again, there's been several announcements over the last past or over the last several weeks in regards to uh, Constantine getting a show, Constantine this, Constantine that. Nothing too revealing. However, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what's to come. Um, in, in other news that just broke in the last day or two, the Raid director Gareth Evans signs exclusive deal with Netflix, which sets Tom Hardy to lead Havoc as his first film. So that's cool. I, I appreciate what Tom Hardy's doing. I'm not too familiar with Gareth Evans, but um, I, I like what Tom Hardy's done in the past, and I'm assuming I'll like what he does in the future. So we'll see what's to come with that. Uh, Netflix should have, and I'm sure they are, they're working on building up a lot of different things here in the near future. Today's episode... <clears throat> was going to be a little different. And I mean, I, I will revisit this. Maybe next week I'll revisit this, given the opportunity. I just didn't feel like I could do it justice with my limited amount of time to, uh, I guess, uh, rely on resources to build the show up to what it is. And that would be talking about Frank Castle, a.k.a. The Punisher, because I want to do an episode just on The Punisher. And there's several reasons why I'm not going to dive into those. But what I will say is in recent news, the character rights for Jessica Jones and the Punisher have reportedly returned to Netflix studios. Now, 
or excuse me, Marvel Studios, not Netflix, from Netflix to Marvel. And that's big news because I've talked about it several times. I think Dustin's mentioned it several times in reincorporating the successful folks that their stories had been told, but we haven't seen anything yet. We haven't seen the Daredevil. We haven't seen Jessica Jones. We haven't seen the Punisher. But in my opinion, they were playing justice correctly to the characters that we knew and loved. And if they can port them over, move them over, and continue to play justice, Punisher has to be rated R, Disney. Don't screw with that. Uh, Jessica Jones, I think, should be rated R. Shit, I think, really, Daredevil should be rated R, too, to tell you the truth. Um, If you recall, the Punisher, uh, the actor Vincent uh, D'Onofrio also wanted to reprise his role as Kingpin. So just give the people what they want, Disney. It's that time. We've been arguing it here on the Culture Jack podcast for so long. Where the hell is Black Widow? Let's get the boys from the boys and girls from Daredevil, Jessica Jones, um, and the Punisher. Let's just go ahead and move them over. Get some new stories told. Intertwine them. Let's do this. So that is exciting news. Will it lead up to anything? I don't know. Because I've said it several times on here to where there was a lot of speculation that John Bernthal's coming over, that this, that that. Nothing has yet to be seen, but damn, I hope they do it. I, I genuinely hope to do it. Um, And yeah, come on. One thing I will say that I regret, and, and I'll talk about the subject more again later in this episode, but recently I was watching a comic book auction and there was a comic that I was bidding on and I let the fucking thing go. And I'll tell you, Kind of upset I let it go. I should not have let it go. I was getting getting little little rich for my blood. But it was, in my opinion, one of those things to where it was like, you can't, I shouldn't have passed up on it, but I did. Anyways, it was a Punisher comic, number one. I think it was a series two, number one, if I remember correctly. Could be wrong there. It was only graded at 9.6. I'll explain grading here momentarily. John Bernthal signed it. And these are these are all authentic. They've all been authentic, uh, authenticated, which again I'll dive into here in a few moments. So did Stanley, and so so did the artist. So a triple autograph, Punisher number one, and it, it just it hit right past my price points where it wanted to be sealed and dealed on a on a plank. And what a treat that would be to have! What a prize possession. Whether Bernthal reprises the role or not, I feel as though he gave justice to the character. Stanley, of course, the the face of Marvel. And then, of course, the artist needs needs their credit as well. So um, I did pass on that. Anyways, I'm hoping to hear more news. Hopefully, Kevin Feige or the guys over at Marvel step up and finally say, yes, we're doing a Daredevil. Yes, we're doing a a uh, Punisher, yes, and this is how we're going to do it, whether it's whether it's Disney Plus. I do feel like Disney at some point has to commit to, okay, we're going to have two lines here, Deadpool, um, Moon Knight, uh, this, 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 this. All this stuff's going to be in this, like, adult section. Meanwhile, you can still watch the PG, PG-13 stuff over here. 
They have to do it at some point. I, it's killing me that they're not. So let's move on so I can uh, so I can get to my my main subject here. Um, another another item that's came or that's I, I shouldn't say came back up because it never went away, and that's the Gina Carano thing. Um, with the being let go by Disney and Lucasfilms. And so if you haven't been following that, I inadvertently <laughs> kind of stumbled upon some stuff because I get notifications from several uh, news providers and information providers for all kinds of entertainment news. And I watched several videos, so there's no credit going to one. Essentially, what's what I've seen pop up lately is there's a lot of people tra- trying to stand up for Gina Carano. Um, and, and I get it. There's a lot of people on the on the side of saying uh, this fucking cancel culture shit. People, blah blah blah. Get it. Uh, there's the people on the corporate side that are like, "Hey, man, you fucked up over and over. It was time to cut you loose." And then there's people like there was two videos I watched that said, you know, John Favreau is pissed because he has to rewrite all these scripts and they want to redo all the stuff because her character in Star Wars had. Not only the Mandalorian, but another show coming that she was one of the main characters in, and it's really fucking things up. Plus, he didn't like how they handled it. In addition to that, there was several videos I watched where the James Gunn, I get apparently and or allegedly, I should say, I did not hunt this down. So as far as I'm concerned, all of this Gina Carano stuff, from what I'm saying, is a regurgitation of what I've seen. So it's all rumor. Asterisk, asterisk. Rumor. Asterisk, asterisk. Okay, so take it with a grain of salt. Do your own research. Build your own opinion on this. Um, James Gunn apparently tweeted on some tweet that was another tweet about uh, Carano's situation showing zero empathy. Just saying, hey, you know, that's that's what happens, blah, 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 when you're doing what you're doing. And it has some people kind of fired up, some people not. I'm of the mindset. Oh, let me add one last element, and then I'll give you my final opinion. There's also statistics that prove, uh, or I should not say prove. There's statistics that lead you, lead one to believe that from the tweets that Gina Carano posted, to the public exposure that was kind of emitted across the internet, whether it was Twitter, um, the internet proper, or other other social media sites. There was evidence that leads us to believe <clears throat> that between her posting those, those uh, one would say, uh, maybe untasteful posts or her own choice or whatever, whatever the hell you want to categorize it as um, to the cancellation or her being let go um, that there was a pretty substantial decline in uh, Disney plus subscriptions. So people were canceling their subscriptions. Now, is it a direct type? Maybe. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not the guy following the algorithm. I don't know if that was the direct thing or was it because of a gap in business? I have no clue, but there's ties there. So it's been a pretty big situation. I feel like it's gotten bigger than uh, I initially gave it credit for. And I don't know. I don't, I'm not taking sides. We are are not taking sides when it comes to this. But what I will say is this. 
if you had an agreement, and I don't know, this is speculation. If you had an agreement with Disney Plus or Disney or Marvel or Star Wars, Lucasfilms, if you had a contract of some kind, in which I'm 99% sure you have to have some kind of contract when you're doing these, these episodes, especially at the scale in which The Mandalorian is, I would be hesitant to say or that there was no PR, there was no publicist, there was no nothing. Now, one could argue, well, it's her rights. Well, it's, I don't know. If it was under contract that you are to do X, Y, or Z, and there's plenty of, there is plenty of public knowledge around studios quasi-controlling your public image during and after, for a period of time, filming and production of a film. Um, most recently, if you want to look into some of it, in which he is very elusive about because of contract agreements, and that's Richard Rawlings at Gas Monkey Garage. He's departed from Discovery Channel. He talks vaguely, because there's still contracts in play, about his agreement with Discovery on how he was not allowed to do X, Y, and Z, period. And it is a hell of a lot worse than opinion. It was It was of the point of, like, he couldn't talk about cards. He couldn't talk. And it's like, that's what my shit was. And, and so I, I don't, I think it's a tough spot. But to make it simple and move on, really, and as far as I'm concerned, is if you make an agreement with someone, especially a contracted agreement, stick to the fucking agreement and move on. That opportunity, in my opinion, that Gina Gersano had, um, with the Mandalorian and the the Rogue Squad or whatever that other series that was being written. So she was going to be featured in many Mandalorian seasons to come. Three and four was a speculation, plus another series that was coming. <clears throat> to some degree, come to terms or, or work with your attorneys and their attorneys and figure it out because it is the new way forward. It's not going to change. No studio or business for that matter. I mean, remove it's even a studio. If I was a business and you were an executive at a high level and you were running around fucking saying whatever, that will impact the business. I don't know if I want to do business with that guy because he has these crazy ass political views or he doesn't like this or he doesn't like that. Now you may be saying to yourself, well, that's fucked up because that's censorship. If you agree to terms, then stick to the terms. If you don't understand those terms, get an attorney that helps you with that. But regardless, there there should there has to be kind of an equilibrium effect to where there there has to be a yay and an a. There can't be, I'll just do whatever I fucking want. And then you're driving ultimately consumers away from Mandalorian and away from all this other stuff because you're cockamamie posts. And I get it. I'm not trying to reduce, eliminate. Uh, underplay freedom of speech to any degree. But when you when you are representing a company or several companies to include yourself as a brand, things need to be taken into consideration. Now, I don't know the, the details on this. That's my perception uh, and mine alone. So we'll see what happens. I don't believe she's coming back to Disney anytime soon or Lucas or or what have you. I hope she she continues to do successful things for herself, for her brand, for 
who Gina Carano is. I did not want any of this. I appreciated her uh, her role and her character that uh, was and is in uh, The Mandalorian and what was to come with Star Wars. It sucks to lose her. Um, but unfortunately, I'm not in control of it. I don't know enough information, and I think a lot of people that are voicing their opinions don't have a enough information. Now, there is a bunch of stuff about how Disney responded, which I don't deem as appropriate, um, but that's it. Let's just move on. Too much, too much. I feel like I'm going too far in. Too far in. I digress. Let's uh, change change the tune a little bit. It just, yeah, it just sucks to lose to lose that. Um, let's see what I've got here. No, that's not enough news. Dustin covered a couple of uh, items that I was going to cover. I'm skimming through. I'm skimming through at this point. Um, it looks like Mark Cuban may be co-founding a new platform for podcaster billionaire Mark Cuban announced this week that he and Phelan Fatami are launching a next-gen podcast platform connecting podcasters with users. The platform will be called Fireside, and they will intend to launch by the end of 2021. It comes with no surprise to us at Podbooking that Mark Cuban, a famous investor, is dipping his toes in the podcast. No, not really. I mean, Mark Cuban is a very vocal, um, yeah, very vocal billionaire tech savvy guy has made a tremendous amount of money in the tech space owns the Dallas Mavericks uh, is a regular host on shark tank. I mean, he's, he's a pretty popular fella. Doesn't, you know, doesn't uh, surprise me, I guess either. Um, in other news, uh, film total film announces that up and coming Martin Scorsese movie killers of the flower moon adds to its cast, which is Robert De Niro and Leonardo DiCaprio. That could be cool. Scorsese's epic, one of my favorite directors of all time. No news to anybody that's been listening to the podcast over any period of time. But, of course, Scorsese gets DiCaprio again. Oh, shit. And he gets De Niro. Please keep adding to the list. Let's let's pump out another. I, I want Scorsese to pump out as many movies as the man can handle. Um. Oh, you know, over the next several decades, if possible, that would be just so incredible. Um, continuing in movie news a little bit. Uh, let's see. Uh, film had some kind of uh, slash film.com states that Zack Snyder. So this guy, so Zack Snyder, this guy is, <clears throat> as you know, I heckle the shit out of him about Justice League because it's, it's yet to be seen what the jail cut of. The Snyder JL cut is. We'll see. He's got Army of the Dead or, or not Army of the Dead. Army. Yeah, it is Army of the Dead. Some Army of the Dead movie with Batista coming out. Great. Excited to see what he comes there. First, let's go through that. He's talking all this shit about Suicide Squad, David Ayers, and blah, 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 blah. And now it, it it's strange to me, and maybe it's over-publicized crap news. And I feel like part of that is, is what half of the news that's coming out it's like people just saying shit to say shit right because there's a camera or because someone calls or there's a question and again it's too consuming too much of the mass media maybe this is accurate i don't know 
Zack Snyder wants to make a faithful King Arthur movie. It's like, fuck, bro, that's like three movies behind where you're at. Can we get through the Justice League first, please? And then look at the new Army of the Dead movie and then talk about another movie. It's like the opinion of this man is being, and I don't know if it's his own. I I don't know because it's all reported. It's alleged. It's, you know, whatever, whichever way you want to look at it. But can you please produce some like badass movies back to back? And then we talk about what's next and what's next and what's next. That's my thought. I'm going to stick to it until JL Snedeket comes out, which is only a few weeks away. Um, really, at this point, less than a month away. So I am I am patiently waiting um, to see which direction he goes and am hopeful that he, he uh, is successful with everything that's to come. Uh, let's see, talking about that. So Army of the Dead, there's new images out of David Batista and, and others. Let me uh, scroll over so I can get to our main topic. Okay, hold on here. One thing I will be looking at, uh, Dustin mentioned this in his most recent episode, I will be uh, considering doing the same thing um, as I've talked to, to Dustin about it and, and vice versa, and that is to transition kind of our own news. So hopefully here in the near future, we can kind of figure it out how we want to do it, but uh, to have just news episodes and then just the uh, main subject or topic for the show's episode. So Monday Madness would, would remain as a main subject, not a news day. Uh, the Friday show the same. And then we will have maybe at some point uh, a sub for Dustin to do the news, a sub for me to do the news on a different day because I'm at almost 30 minutes, I think, at this point. I haven't even got to my main subject. Most of it's been me ranting about Gina Carano. I understand that, but I'm running through this shit as fast as I can, and I feel like I'm running out of space. Okay, so the biggest news and trailers from BlizzCon 2021 I'm going to run through The Verge, put this list together. I did watch some of the footage. Fortunately, Dustin sent me a link on this because I didn't even realize BlizzCon was going on. I don't believe he did either. So it's kind of a stumble on our on our part. Um, so BlizzCon, let's see. First, first announcement at BlizzCon was one of the most unexpected. Three of Blizzard's most obscure games are becoming bundled into new packages called Blizzard Arcade Collection. Lost Vikings. Rock and Roll Racing, and Blackthorn have all been ported to modern platforms to include PC, Xbox One, PS4, and Nintendo Switch. And then they'll have special features. So uh, we'll see what's coming with that. that that'll be out here soon. Uh, the new Diablo is still some ways away. Blizzard has announced that it will not be launching in 2021, but more to come in the near future. Um, Diablo 2 Resurrected. Uh, let's see if you prefer the older style of, I'm going to just paraphrase some of this, of Diablo 2. It looks like they're going to do some HD remastering, add some upgrades, add some stuff to it. It'll be coming out this year for both PC and console with versions for the Switch, PS4, PS5, Xbox Series X, and S. It'll even include cross-progression between console and PC. World of Warcraft, there's some new information. Overwatch 2, during the presentation, after the main keynote, Blizzard unveiled some new information about Overwatch 2. There are two new maps, Rome and New York, 
weather effects with sandstorm, snow, new enemy units, and redesigned looks for Widowmaker, Reaper, McCree, and Farah. And that's pretty much the Verge episode. Damn, I wish there was a new Diablo coming out. I am a huge Diablo fan, if you didn't know. Uh, between Diablo, uh, the original Warcraft, not World of Warcraft. I really wish they would bring back Warcraft, though, as its own, just like Diablo. Keep World of Warcraft, have it doing what it's doing. Why can't we just have a Warcraft like we used to have? I don't know. More to come on that. Maybe I'll just do an episode on that. Anyways, that's BlizzCon. If you guys want to look up more news, check out BlizzCon 2021. What I'm referring to is the article from The Verge, and they just do kind of a quick run-through on what they saw and what was important, and I can't agree more with their their article here. Uh, arcade collection kind of weird. New Diablo is not coming 2021. Diablo 2 is getting the remake. Diablo 3 has been out, and I've played it quite a bit when it came out, and after reading this, seeing some of the footage, it makes me want to go play it again. Blow the dust off of it. Get in there. It's an arcade-style game. There's there's something to be said for that because the limitations on it now versus when the original Diablos were out and you could go play arcade games that were similar, it's pretty cool. I appreciate it. All right. Woo. Enough of all of that. All of that news today even though I, I feel like it was only like a handful of subjects. I'm pretty sure that's all it was. And I was just on a rant. So today's main topic, I'll try to run through this as quick as possible. Please drop a comment if you want me to continue this style of conversation. And if you don't, I'll probably continue it anyway. So let's just keep it there. So over the last many years since I was a, really since I was a kid I've been collecting cards comics to some degree right I've sold cards and comics bought in cards and comics sold cards and comics bought in cards nothing serious though it's not like I was a dealer or I was an eBay store or anything of the sort it's just been a thing since I was a kid now there's many reasons why and I want to explain that and then I want to explain some things that you have to consider if a, you're a current air quote collector, or you want to tip your toes back into the world because had I known this years ago, I would have done several things different, but unfortunately, you learn the hard way on shit and uh, you go with it. So, um, you know, as a kid, I collected everything under the sun. In fact, I still have some of the stuff. I got some of the Magic the Gathering cards, some of the X-Men cards, some baseball cards, football cards, hockey cards, basketball cards, comic books, uh, shit like that. Now, maybe you don't collect any of that stuff, but maybe you're like a POG collector, a.k.a. Uh, milk bottle cap, right? Or maybe you're a coin collector, or maybe you're a figurine collector, a spoon collector, a plate collector. I could go on forever. The premise of what I'm going to try to deliver to you now is going to be relevant to almost everything. There is some slight differences between the item itself or the genre of item and, and what I'm going to specifically talk about, which is going to be predominantly cards and comics today, but it's something to consider. So <clears throat> I've, I've told many stories about this, but 
to make it quick and dirty and quick and quick. <laughs> uh, you know, I've been collecting cards since I was a kid, and there's a lot of reasons why uh, family members collect cards. And I was a huge sports fan as a child. Back in the day, I lived in Washington State, and with watching and and hearing all of the hype as a young child about the Seattle Mariners with Randy Johnson, King Griffey Jr., uh, and and just it goes on. Jay Boomer, uh, Tino Martinez, Edgar Martinez, yeah, or, and it just goes on and on and on. And, on. <clears throat> and then they got a Rod, and then they got this. Comics were the same way to me. Comics were this thing as a child, not not so much for collectability, but for the stories that were told in an illustrated fashion. They held magic. It was like having a magical story in your hand because it wasn't as boring as reading The Catcher in the Rye or whatever. It was exciting. There was vibrant pictures, crazy stories. And as I grew up, uh, the, the phases have come and gone. You know, to where they go buy some comics to read them. Oh, I'll do this. I'll buy a pack of cards. I haven't bought a pack of cards in 10 years. And over the last couple of years, really, really since being able to explore my inner, my inner hobbyist and my inner nerd to some degree. And and um, part of it is because the MCU is built up. The DCEU is built up, which really ignites the fire back in me for comics. And then for sports cards, it's it's just a thing that's always been there. The interest, the understanding that this player is better than that player. This comic is better than that. And it's not better in the sense necessarily of quality. It's better in the sense of collectability. And that's the thing I wanted to talk about today. Um, and when I say that, it's essentially how big does one of these gets? Now, you can reconstruct this conversation basically around anything that is in your house. Look around. Maybe this shirt company that you're wearing today wasn't as popular as it was yesterday. Maybe it was because people in Southern California wanted to wear it. Or maybe Jay-Z wore the shirt and it blew up and they sold a million shirts the next day. That idea, the ideology between that, Look at what Marvel's done for their comic line. Look what it did for Stan Lee and the celebrity that he became. Making Wolverine a household name. Making Wanda and Vision, Scarlet Witch and Vision, a household name. Those are the things that attribute to heroes in these areas. And those are the things that I want to talk about because when you collect, regardless of a comic or a card and there is differences right so cards value so let me let me lay this out before i guess i dive too far in a baseball card's value is and can be now there are there are items in which i'll go into it a different episode because i can go on this for hours is solely based on the team and the player <clears throat> predominantly the player so if you get a player that is incredible then his cards will be valued more. If he has Netflix specials, his cards will be valued more. If he's seen, he's, if he's funny, if he posts a lot, if he gains popularity at a rapid enough rate and is good enough, <clears throat> his cards will be more valuable. And 
Is it all to the sport? No, it is not. I've talked about some of that with the social icon episode. It's not all to the sport. A lot of it can be paid to publicity, to reach, to his to his or her social icon status. Regardless, it comes down to the the a the availability of the card, the uniqueness of the card, and so much more. And then we get into grading. But we'll get into grading here in a moment. That's how sports cards work across the way. The more scarce it is, and you're going to hear this across all of what I'm talking about, to include everything and anything that you're collecting. It's all about scarcity. The more scarce and authentic it is, the more value it's going to bring with someone with enough clout, with someone with enough or or someone or or a group, depending on what we're talking about, it will increase the value and to some degrees exponentially. So if you consider someone like Mike Trout, a baseball player who signed like the biggest baseball contract of all time, a one-of-one rookie card, which you may not be following, but this one-of-one autographed rookie card sold for something like $3.3 million in in auction, beating the Honest Wagner rookie card. That's baseball nerd shit. What I'm telling you is it's fucking crazy. That's baseball. <clears throat> Basketball, hockey, all of it's the same when it comes to value. Now, there are discrepancies that are worth money. When the card manufacturer fucks up, they misprint a name, they do this, do that. That can also be worth money. Uh, weird shit can be worth money. A George W. Bush, I think it was like 1990 or 1991 baseball card that was a very limited. It was down to a thousand issues, only a couple hundred are, are accounted for or whatever it may be. That's worth a chunk of money. Stuff like that can be worth money, but predominantly it's the limited, uh, essentially it's a scaling of economics is, is what it is. Resources are limited. People want more of it on a finite player or item to where it's one of one of the best baseball player in the world. I want it. So does everybody else. What price are you willing to pay? Comics fall into that same paradigm, a little different in the sense of grading. Um, so you need to consider this for either hobby and really any hobby for collectible values go is a, <clears throat> You have to consider the condition. And when it comes to grading cards, comics, and the like, art, uh, you have to remember, it has to be, it's not just about you taking care of it. It's also how well is the actual condition of whatever you're talking about. It's a comic. If it's a comic book, is the binding correct? Is there stretching? Is there peeling? Is it pulled? Is the page bent? Is this? Is this? You can go like you can go on a laundry list of things. Cards are the same. Was the card cut straight? Was the autograph on it? Was this? Was that? Was this? There's companies that you can pay to evaluate that for you. And the reason I bring this up is, and I wish as a kid or as a as a man in his twenties, this was more relevant to collecting at the time. But over the last several years, as I've spent more time researching, more time understanding is if you want to be a collector in it, don't assume 
that oh we got some old comics sitting in the sitting in the uh basket they're worth a lot because they're like number 10s and number if they're in shit condition probably not worth as much as you keep telling your friends about and it goes the same for those baseball cards do your homework and if you get serious about it or you want it maybe you do have a fucking michael jordan rookie card maybe you do have a lebron james rookie card maybe you have an x-men 10 that is in really good condition or a flash that's in really good you have to consider looking at some of the companies and there's several competent highly credited and those are two very important words when it comes to grading services that you can submit that to so you can get it sealed up that is what happens and it kind of falls in suit with some of the stuff that dustin's been talking about about archival about this um for for media stuff but for cards comics and the like like you got to remember if i send off this baseball card or i send off my x-men number one I'm going to have someone professionally graded. They're going to meticulously go through it without damaging the good and give a fair evaluation of the overall condition. And then they're going to put it essentially in a plastic slab is what it's called or a plastic tomb that it makes it untouchable. So the grade remains at grade level unless you do something to change the grade itself, which is an intentional effort. If you do some dumb shit like break the break the slab or grade, drill a hole in it, the slab breaks, or anything of the sort, or in a card's case, it's very similar. But this is extremely important because on a professional collecting level, you must understand a couple of things, especially for those that don't understand this. This is absolutely critical. Those cards that you had from 1990 in the Wax Pack era to include the comics, just because you quasi took care of him doesn't mean shit if you want to get into the market of baseball basketball pokemon magic the gathering hockey football and everything of the like if you want to get into mc or mcu the marvel shit the dc stuff maybe vertigo comics image comics if you want to get into that world for collectability you have to consider starting to look at your options And those options are fairly limited if you're doing it for the sake of holding for financial gain, which there's a lot of people that do investing into cards and into comics and have seen some incredible, incredible returns. And there's those that have not, period. There's those that have lost their asses and will continue to lose their asses. Different ways to play the games. I'm not going to go into those tips today, but what I would say to you is this. If you're even considering for the sake of collectability or for the sake of maybe getting into something cool to bring your kid into, you have to understand there's a tremendous value different from over-the-counter purchases and then graded purchases. Graded purchases of goods are going to generally cost you more upfront, but you know what you're getting flat across the board. I've got a 9.8 X-Men 20 comic. Uh, that's the highest grading in the, or the highest census grading in the group, blah, 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 blah. Good to go. I have an X-Men 20 comic that I bought 10 years ago from another guy, and I think it looks pretty good. Those two things are dramatically different. That 9.8 number 20 X-Men comic graded could be worth $10,000. The one that's in your, that's in your uh, comic box, if you even have a comic, comic box or maybe it's in a frame on your wall 
looks good, could come in at a grading of seven and sell for 150 bucks. That's where the differences are made. And I'm not saying don't buy comics from the comic store by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not saying don't go buy boxes of basketball cards or baseball cards or whatever your fancy is, especially if you're looking to get into it. I think they're incredible hobbies because I think it leads to much more. The payoff, in my opinion, is incredible. I've done a bunch of research recently as I've dove back into the sport. I've been very vocal about that here on the podcast. And I am learning so much, not just about the cards and the quality, but I'm learning about the players in baseball. I'm learning about the the big players and what to look for in comics. And to understand that is, is a item that is just incredible depending on what avenue you want to go in. Keep those things in mind. And now collectability. If you're a casual collector, you the, the field is open to you. You buy what you want at your own discretion. Maybe you're limited to wanting to follow X, Y, or Z. That is exactly what I would advise to anybody that wants to get into, the, into it or currently is in it and they're unsure of which, which direction to go, whether it's uh, cards or even comics. Scope down what your preview is. That, that what, what I mean by that is don't collect every type of fucking Marvel comic there is. That's ridiculous. You're not going to be able to keep up. You're not going to get value for what your time, your, your time investment is. There's too many. It goes the same for baseball, football, soccer, every sport out there. You can't follow every basketball player there is. You can't follow every football player, so forth and so on. Unless you're, unless you're like a news broadcaster for one sport or unless you're this, but you're not. You're casual. And it goes, again, well beyond sports cards and comics, Pokemon cards, fucking silver spoons, pogs, uh, dash ornaments. I mean, you can go down this list, and it's really selecting and choosing what are you trying to accomplish. Are you reading comics for leisure and having fun? And then maybe you want to show value to your child on, like, hey, take care of this thing and hope that they, like, take care of their room or or, or future goods? Or is it just, like, I want to read fucking old spider-man comics and that's it that's all i care about then those are such different things to oppose to hey i want to get a 1991 or is it yeah i think it was 1991 series two spider-man comic which was an illustrated cover by todd mcfarland um you got the silver back which runs between you know 50 and 150 bucks on a 9.8 grade blah 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 that's what i want i want to slab it i want to put it away and i want to show people and brag about it but i I want to preserve it and have it for a future date and hoping that these Tom Holland movies fucking boast uh, the most so I can get a huge return on that comic. So that's one of many, many examples. I just wanted to bring this up because, again, my desk right now, I'm like, I'm looking at it. I've got a desk full of cards. And I've been challenged with this and with speaking to several people through the last couple of years. I've heard everything, and I've got a I've got a huge baseball collection. It's worth a lot. Like, but why do you say that? Oh, because I got this. And it's like, well, wait a second. What condition are they? Are they all in soft case and then hard case? Have they been evaluated? Are they graded? Well, no, no, but, but. It's like, well, dude, that makes a big difference and could change what you're saying. I'm not saying that to devalue you. I'm saying that to value you. Like, get some value, man. Go fucking talk to someone. Look at what you're talking about. Stop running your mouth. 
Um, it goes the same for Yeah, I've got some cool old comics. But that doesn't mean in, in a monetary value sense, that doesn't mean much. Now, in a content sense, if you were to say, dude, I've got all of the first edition flashes from episode or, you know, from uh, uh, the first to the 30th. And what a great, compelling story because of X, Y and Z. That's a different story. And the reason um, that I bring all of this up is it's relevant to what we talk about here on the Culture Jacked podcast. This stuff, the, the MCU movies. I was talking to Dustin about this the other day. When they announce, hey, X-Men's coming up, the X-Men comics will jump in value uh, to some degree. Hey, there's a new cable comic coming or a new cable movie coming out. Cable as in a character from X-Men, not like the cable guy with Jim Carrey. That's coming out. Cable comics are going to be sought after WandaVision, fucking Avengers, uh, Black Panther, and it, the list goes on and on. If there's success to be seen, the collectability. Why? Because... Uh, you, you know, you take the Black Panther. Maybe that wasn't a well-known comic. I have no fucking clue. Like, most of these I don't think were well-known, to tell you the truth, other than maybe X-Men because of the Saturday morning cartoon, the, the cards, and yada, yada, yada. But take the Black Panther. <clears throat> How big was the, pla- ba- uh, the Black Panther before his appearances in the, X- or the uh, Avengers or Iron Man? And then he had his own movie, which was huge. The value of that comic exponentially rose in conjunction with the character knowledge. And it's the same shit for baseball, for football, for soccer. But the cool part about comics is if you were a fan, I'm a huge, I've been a huge fan of comics my whole life. I I vocalize this. I had a podcast on Todd McFarlane. I've been a fan of Todd McFarlane since Todd McFarlane went on his own. To Spawn. Before Spawn, I didn't know who the fuck he was until until probably 10 years ago or whenever. Um, but I'm still a huge fan. And if the Spawn movie goes the way it should, my my Spawn comic should go up in price, or I hope. Um, if he gets the leverage to do some of these other ones, which also brings on several thoughts of like, well, what about all the image comic IPs that don't have movie representation? Spawn does to some some degree. We know that Bloom, uh, well, Bloom House is looking at doing a new Spawn movie. But what about Wildcats? Well, what about uh, Max? Uh, what about Pitt? What about blah 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 blah? You know, those are those are untouched. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of speculation, like the Neil Gaiman, the Sandman, um, the Vertigo comics, the Dark Horse comics, and, and and on and on. That blows open a tremendous amount of IPs that have been untouched at this point because they're not under Marvel licensing at the moment, and they're not under DC licensing that are still yet to be touched, and it starts to beg the question on, like, well, what about Amazon Prime? What about HBO? What about, and what about the value of that comic that you've been sitting on since you were a kid or an adult? Or maybe you just bought it last week, and you're like, man, the Neil Gaiman Sandman number one has to be worth something at some point, and you're absolutely right. And maybe that's the turn of events, or maybe there's something else. Like in Neil Gaiman's case, American Gods has a TV show on Showtime, and yada, yada, yada. So I can go on and on about this. Uh, the, the most relevant thing <clears throat> that I wanted to share was to understand a little bit or share the understanding on what direction you may want to go if you collect any of this stuff. And again, the subjects that I talk about are most relevant to me uh, because I know it, because I've lived it for a long time. Um, I'm not a crazy collector. No, 
Um, but I've done a shitload of research. I have a nice little collection um, by comparison, bigger than someone that's not collecting. Um, and I want to bring, I, I want to educate those that are just collecting, air quote, collecting comics, running comics through their kids, and they're fucking destroyed. And they're like, we're just going to hold on to this forever, and it's going to be worth something. Get some clarity around that. You know, explain that to your kid so he doesn't believe that. Uh, explain the baseball cards if they show interest in it or if you want to introduce them to it. I feel that there's value there. Um, and I also feel like it, the shit ain't going away. Last year and I think even the year before, but predominantly last year, yeah, and the year before, trading cards, baseball, basketball, football, had seen the highest peak they'd seen in many, many years years which is exciting let's bring this stuff back it's important it's a good fucking hobby to get into it's a good thing for kids to get sucked into a comic and then want to learn more it's a good thing for them to follow their favorite baseball player and then want to learn more about their teammates and want to know you know want to watch the football games or, or baseball games i think those are great creative things for children to be not only children but adults adults to follow and uh, I, I think there's a lot of interest and a long ways for us to go. It's also an opportunity for investment. You can argue it all you want. There's a lot of people that'll fucking shoot you down. Now, depending on what your ideals of an investment are, yes, it's a tangible physical thing that has, well, actually, I won't even go into it. Regardless, that's my breakdown. That's what I got. That's the uh, Monday Madness episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I know I went on a tangent today. I'm very passionate about this because, again, I wish some of this was explained to me when I was a younger adult, which leads me to my last and final point. Uh, a few months ago, I was speaking with my grandfather. I said this in the beginning of the episode, and I'll end the episode with the comment. Uh, as a kid, my grandfather had plaques. I don't know if you guys ever saw the baseball plaques where it was this like big piece of wood and they had a plexiglass over it and some felt and it was like you could put cards on this thing and it was kind of cool reference to the early 90s late 80s. Anyways he had that and he had a bunch of stuff I've talked to him about this stuff on and off for years and I don't know a few months ago we were talking and I was showing him some some uh, baseball cards or whatever and he's they're not graded they're not this uh you got to do the NCAA. You got to do this. You got to do the the uh, pre stuff. And of course, those are his opinions. I was aware of that stuff, and I'm I'm actually invested in some of that too. But the thing that brought value is is like he when talking to him, he's like, "Look, I've been collecting stuff for over forty years or fifty years, and he has, and I, he's got some crazy shit or had some crazy stuff." And he says, <clears throat> "Do your research. Don't buy blind, and don't just buy shit." And I started thinking about that. I'm like, that's a good fucking point because for collectability, I'm talking, and that's what his reference was to. It wasn't just, you know, don't read comics. That, that wasn't what we were talking about. We were talking about specific collectability. And if you consider that, it's like, oh, I got a box of comics for 50 bucks. Do you buy them? I talked about that. I did that before, and I got lucky because I got an autographed Superman comic, but that isn't always the case. And where that isn't the case is where you get drawn into the appeal. Well, I'm going to go to the local local uh, comic store and go buy all these comics. You can lose your ass doing that. It goes the same for buying boxes of baseball cards. You can lose, not just a little. I mean, you can spend on baseball cards. To put it in perspective, a 
low-priced, decent box of baseball cards, about 150 bucks to 200 bucks for a box of baseball cards. And that goes up to 350, 400 bucks. Comics, a little bit, a little bit more conservative because you're buying face value between four and five bucks, six bucks what it is today. But if you go to buy out a series, five bucks times 20 comics, ungraded, five bucks times a hundred comics, ungraded. Oh, wait, the values also change. Is it five bucks, seven bucks, twelve bucks, eleven bucks, nine bucks? So you start considering that, and then you got to start looking at. How am I taking care of it? Do I have boxes? Do I have crates? Do I have cases? Do I have, you know, and then am I going to get this stuff graded? It becomes quite a situation really, really quick. So do your research. Scope down what you're trying to do. That's what I'm going to work on in 2021 and much more. That's all I got, guys. I appreciate you tuning in. I hope maybe this helped. And again, this isn't necessarily relevant. This may not pertain to your specific collectibilities and hobbies but maybe it it does to some degree with maybe maybe you're an art collector and there are grades and values and definitely um prints and and so forth and so on or maybe it's the spoon collection coin collection and the like but that's it i hope you guys enjoyed this episode of monday madness i've got several others where i'll dive into specifics but i did want to share this comics and cards the higher the grade the better 9.6, 9.8, that's where you want to be. Autographs are preferred. Um, Take a look around if you want to find something specific. Hone into something specific if you're trying to do it for monetary reasons or if you want to start a nice collection. Stick to something specific. If you want baseball, do baseball. If you can go baseball to a team, even better, or baseball to a player or multiple players, even better. Comics are the same, guys. If you want to dive into X-Men comics, choose a series of X-Men and start there. Or maybe it's Spawn or or whatever. Start there. Start collecting. Enjoy. Have fun. And that's it. That's all I got, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. I had a blast talking about this today. I hope you enjoyed sticking around. As always, please take a moment. Hit the follow button so you can hear more episodes of this every single week. And, of course, coming this Friday, new episode from the Friday Show with Dustin. Um, he may be starting, and I, I, I could be wrong here, but I believe he may be starting his new, uh, the news, knee, uh, uh, the new news separation on Thursday this week. Either way, make sure tune in, follow, subscribe, enjoy the content. Hope you guys have an incredible week coming into it, and I'll catch up to you next Monday. <laughs>